1: In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.
2: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant and um, I think Dave's around somewhere sitting in for Jerry, who's, well, can we say where Jerry is, Chuck?
1: Uh, I don't think we can yet, but it's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, Jerry's on the,
0: Jerry's on a cool yeah. field trip.
1: That's for, uh, that's Nunya. Okay. You ever say that when
0: you were little? No, I had it said to me a lot, but I never was, <laughs> I never had occasion to say it. Nunya business? Right. Um, oh, by the way, this is stuff you should know for those of you like, say it. Yes. The anticipation. <laughs> so, Chuck, um, speaking of anticipation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: we're talking today about one of the greatest medical mysteries that has hit the world, at the very least, the United States, in a really long time. It's a little something that's been flying under the radar and really flew under the radar for a while. But there's probably a lot of people out there who haven't heard of this. Something called Havana syndrome. And Havana syndrome is, we should say at the outset, there's not going to be any resolution to this episode. I know. It's deeply. I thought I was dis- <laughs> missing some pages. Yeah, it's really dissatisfying, the whole thing. It is. We don't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. And really, honestly, the theories are not not great there 's no one theory where you 're like of course that 's it. Everybody else is being yeah. ridiculous yeah, so in one way it 's kind of interesting, and in that we get to cover a lot of stuff, but in another way it 's again deeply unsatisfying but the the whole thing of Havana syndrome is it all begins in the the I believe the end of two thousand and sixteen around December of two thousand and sixteen, just like a year after the United States had opened its embassy again in Cuba after decades of this kind of chilly, cold war, um, like pretending one another isn't there um, Mm -hmm. relationship. Just a year after that, there was a a station agent, a CIA station agent in Havana, uh, who started complaining of some really weird symptoms after hearing a really weird noise. And that kicked this whole mess off.
1: Yeah, there's uh this is worth reading, I think, from The Guardian in twenty seventeen, and I don't think this is the first one, but they were all very similar, the people who were uh affected by this mystery. Uh it says this the blaring, grinding noise jolted the American diplomat from his bed in a Havana hotel. He moved just a few feet and there was silence. He climbed back into bed. Inexplicably the agonizing sound hit him again. Mm-hmm. It was as if he'd walked through some invisible wall, cutting straight through his room. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that doesn't really describe much. But when you talk to some of the people who, uh, and we did personally talk to all of these people. Right. We were given special what we clearance for this. <laughs> uh, there were weird symptoms. Um, ear pain, tinnitus, headaches, uh, hearing loss, vertigo, dizziness, nausea, disorientation. Uh-huh. Blurred vision, nosebleed, uh, fatigue. Uh, sometimes the symptoms were sort of temporary and not too bad with some of the people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was um, really bad. And some people ended up retiring and saying, this is it. I'm out of here.
0: Yeah, some people went on to be diagnosed with swelling of the brain, uh, with a concussion. Um, some people suffered what seems to be permanent hearing loss. And all of this was localized just in the Havana Bureau of the uh, American, or the American Embassy to Cuba in Havana. Like, that's it. So there was, suddenly this weird onslaught of symptoms. I think as many as 90 people came down with this, what came to be called Havana syndrome. Some of them said, I heard a weird noise, and then all of a sudden I had vertigo. Other people didn't hear anything. They just all of a sudden couldn't concentrate any longer. And Mm -hmm. it was this, the the symptoms all seemed to, nobody said I had a fever or my legs started swelling. It all seemed to be kind of clustered around your, um, your hearing, your ears, your your nose, your throat kind of thing, but without the throat, and without the nose, mainly just your ears and your brain. They seem to be (laughs) a cluster of neurological symptoms that no one had any idea what was going on.
1: Yeah. So, you know, of course, the U.S. is going to investigate something like this. And we'll we'll get into there were a couple of uh, pretty deep, well, as deep as you can get in this case, investigations. But uh, the very first thing that happened was the FBI was like, hey, this is some sort of acoustic attack uh, some sort of sound waves are being used Let, let's get in there and at least check out the locations check out everything around where these people are living where they're staying mm-hmm. and they found nothing they came up really pretty much empty and we should also point out this was uh, I think a few Canadian diplomats too it wasn't entirely US right
0: but for the most part it was US and it seemed to be yeah. it seemed to be concentrated uh, in the homes of the diplomats. Um, and by diplomats, were including CIA agents who weren't known, who they weren't like, "Hey, I'm the CIA agent here." They were they were posing as diplomats. So the diplomats, <laughs> Mike, like they're included. Uh, Michael Keaton.
1: <laughs> well, who was he posing as? Michael Keaton and, uh, oh, what was it? Um, Out of sight. With, <laughs> oh, I still <laughs> he's seen an that. FBI guy, and he showed up uh, with a big T-shirt that said FBI. <laughs> And Dennis Farina had that great joke. He says, "Hey, you got another one that says undercover?" Yeah, nice. I love that guy. <laughs> oh, he was the best. R.I.P. Who else could by Dennis
0: Farina could follow up after Jerry Orbach? Nobody. And he did it. He did it with class. He did he brought his own his own character. Just amazing stuff.
1: And I was about to say I didn't see any of that show, but I was about to say except he was no singer. No. Like Jerry Orbach, but we might be wrong again probably. Yeah,
0: we, <laughs> we could be I really walked <laughs> past that one, I guess. So um so the diplomats were being seemed to be affected at their houses and then there were two hotels in Havana that um that these these symptoms started uh, their onset on. So again, that was that was basically like the the first um, investigation that FBI the FBI conducted was just like I don't I don't know, but clearly it was Looking an around. attack. Yeah, you know it's it's localized to diplomats and their families. It's in Havana. It's not happening anywhere else for now. Um, so it was some sort of attack. We just don't know what it was. That was the first investigation, and so the State Department said, "Let's dig a little deeper."
1: Yeah, I mean they kind of kept it quiet for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the media eventually got wind of what they were calling a sonic attack. And then uh, the former president uh, administration, presidential administration, um, as things were starting to, I guess, thaw a little bit, said, you know what, you, you guys are out of here and kicked out two Cuban diplomats. Um, kind of as payback, basically, when Cuba the whole time was going, we didn't do this. We don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and as we'll see later, they um, supposedly even investigated and tried to help investigate. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, that was the, one of the longstanding things the Cubans have said basically from the outset is twofold. One, they had nothing to do with it, knew nothing about it, and that they would take something like that very seriously. And then two, they seem to suspect that um, this eventually snowballed into an easy way to cut ties again with Cuba that that was kind of something that was driving this narrative as well. Part of the problem also is, you know, like you said, the State Department was keeping this secret, not just from the American public. Congress hadn't even heard about this. And everyone found out about the same time um, that when the media started reporting on it, Congress found out about it. And apparently Marco Rubio Uh, latched onto this because he's of Cuban ancestry. I'm not sure if he is or his parents are from Cuba, but he hates the Castro regime. And so this was a big thing for him to kind of clomp onto and really kind of enrage his base um, the Cuban expatriate community in, in Miami, in, in South Florida. Um, and he, out of the gate, I think he even released a press release referring to this as a sonic attack, like really kind of taking whatever the FBI had surmised and just basically saying, this is, this is what happened. We just haven't figured out how, but it was an attack. And that really set the paradigm moving forward for basically everybody except for, thankfully, large swaths of the scientific community.
1: Yeah, so they commissioned uh, the National Academy of Science to, to go uh, undergo an investigation in 2019. And even by that time, people that understood things like acoustic or possible acoustic attacks or just acoustics basically said, this wasn't some kind of a sonic attack. It's, you know, it is possible that you can focus a sound beam to an area, but you would have to truck in some equipment that's so big the FBI would have found it. Uh, And even if they managed to do that and get away with it, um, there were so many different symptoms going on with these people. It can't all be explained away by an acoustic attack. And let's say that even happened. It definitely wouldn't cause brain damage, like the worst acoustic attack wouldn't cause somebody brain damage.
0: No. So, really, there's two ways. Because here's the other thing like, people said they heard a weird sound or whatever, but it wasn't necessarily some. Like, they were clearly being attacked by the sound. That wasn't what right. they reported. They just, some of them said, I heard a weird sound first, and then all of a sudden I had these weird symptoms. That's, you know, what gave rise to the sonic attack theory. But there's basically two ways to attack people with sound, especially sound they can't hear. It's either below our threshold of hearing, which is infrasound.
1: What? Uh-huh. What? I was trying to make a Yoko Ono joke, but.
0: <laughs> right, that's the third <laughs> route. That's the okay. thing. She combines the two. It's astounding. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Infrasound is below our threshold, below 20 hertz, right? Uh-huh. And you actually can cause things like vertigo in somebody or vomiting, um, loss of bowel control if you hit somebody with a loud enough. Uh, infrasound blast but like you you said yeah you can make someone poop their pants with infrasound but you would have to basically like you said truck in just this huge rack of subwoofers and shoot it right at somebody to make them lose control of their bowels like it would be very obvious that that this is being Mm -hmm. done
1: yeah you can't use that as, as an excuse moving forward anyway oh
0: i still will (laughs) <laughs> okay, <laughs> ultrasound above our threshold of hearing, or twenty kilohertz uh, and above, you um you there is stuff on the market that you can you can actually you know direct at somebody a beam of ultrasound and and. you know, hurt their hearing. But you're not going to cause vertigo or anything like that. And to really, like, cause major symptoms or something approaching a concussion or traumatic brain injury, which some of these people were diagnosed with. um, There was a scientist who said, I think his name was Joseph Pompey. He's a psychoacoustics expert, which is awesome. He said that you would basically have to dip your head in a pool lined with um, ultrasound, ultrasonic transducers um, to, to get like actual brain damage from that. So that didn't happen to anybody. Um, so, again, they said sonic attack, but it, it must have been some sort of exotic weapon that even
1: the CIA isn't aware of. All right. I think good time for a break. Yes, I, I agree. Go stick our head in a in a. Pool of ultrasonic transducers? Yeah,
0: I can't wait to see what happens. I'm going to boot my pants. All right, great. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. Okay, Chuck, so you said that the State Department, sick, the National Academy of Sciences on the Savannah Syndrome thing, right?
1: Yeah, like everyone at this point is saying, it's not a sonic attack. So they started focusing on potential viral uh, attack, um, pesticide poisoning, because this is when Zika mm-hmm. uh, was a thing remember, and Zika yeah. fumigation was going on, yeah. um, either microwaves, which is interesting. Yeah. And then, our favorite frankly, one of our favorite topics is uh, mass hysteria, yeah, we did um we've talked about
0: it twice at least. we did a short stuff on Gloria Ramirez, remember her mm-hmm. and then we also did a full length episode, some really interesting cases of mass hysteria from two thousand sixteen,
1: yeah, so put a pin in that mm-hmm. um n a s is doing their study they were you know they were sort of behind the eight ball a little bit because. Um, by this point, things had already progressed. You know, they were at a disadvantage in a lot of ways. This was after the fact. Um, they didn't know, like, these doctors who were, uh, who were treating these people, they didn't know they were investigating a mystery. They were treating people for a medical issue. Yeah. So your approach to a, a situation like that is is a lot different if you're not investigating. Like, no one is back there saying, hey, find out what weird thing happened to these people. They were just, like, treating tinnitus and nausea and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that seems to be a really big ball drop on the part of the State Department. In, in, a in lot particular, of ball the, dropping the, here. Yeah, in particular, uh, the Cuban Bureau or Havana Bureau, there wasn't anybody at the top saying – hey, there's something clearly going on here. All of these people, when you go to this one particular doctor and have the doctor or this one medical center or somebody looking at, you know, looking for all these symptoms and documenting this, they were just being treated individually. Finally, at one point, they did kind of bring everybody together and have a meeting. Um, but, th- but before that, there was just a lot of treatment going on and it wasn't being documented properly. So the NAS... Just right out of the gate was like, this is what we're working with for real.
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't even have stuff like original blood samples for when these people got sick. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of time that passed, so they they just they really had no way to tell anything. They had incomplete data to begin with, uh, and then of course you're dealing with Cuba, so you're not getting. I mean, you know, they're investigating some stuff, but it's not like if this happened to Canada and we were really sharing information like that.
0: Well, from what I read, the Cubans are saying, like, we were totally willing to collaborate. The State Department refused to let the, the NAS talk to us. Like yeah, they, I believe it. They couldn't. They couldn't accept our data. They couldn't. Um, yeah, I guess the Cubans had conducted neighborhood surveys, had done its own investigation, and the NAS was barred from using any of that data. And then one other thing that hamstrung them right out of the gate was um, the medical files. These are medical files of diplomats, and in some cases, CIA agents. Yeah. So not only is there like HIPAA stuff going on. Um, like HIPAA protections, so that their things have to be redacted. There's like national security stuff, too. And, you know, like the State Department is very, you know, redaction happy um, when it comes to stuff like that. So they, they were basically handed medical files that had huge black bars everywhere over possibly yeah. important information. So you put all this stuff together, and the National Academy of Sciences cannot possibly arrive at a – clear picture of the problem, the symptoms, when what happened when, who was near whom at what point. Um, and so they can't they can't possibly map, p- produce an epidemiological map. So whatever they come up with is going to be flawed. And they realize this from, you know, from the get-go.
1: Yeah, so what they ended up coming up with, um, the NAS said, you know what, it, it was a directed pulsed radio frequency energy. And we think that's the most likely cause. Uh, A couple of keywords there, directed and pulsed means someone did this. It was a very specific, intentional attack. It wasn't just some random thing that happened because of microwaves or cell phone towers or anything like that. Like, it was a purposeful thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, you know, one of the reasons that we think it might be this is this thing called the Fry effect, uh, F-R-E-Y, nothing to do with the – Deceased former Eagle, Glenn Fry. The H is O. The what? The
0: heat is on. <laughs> you, I've told you about this before. There's a Saturday Night Live sketch featuring Ben Stiller. I don't remember. He this. sees Glenn Fry, who's actually Will Farrell, our colleague and coworker. Um, sure, as Glenn Fry at a club, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna seduce Glenn Fry to like his friends," and he goes over, and he actually is successful, but to his own detriment, because Glenn Fry makes him eat out of a dog bowl and keeps him on a chain, <laughs> and there's this wild, <laughs> like, just crazy <laughs> sex that's going on, and the guy like really regrets having seduced Glenn Fry, but it, it's it, they refer to the heat is on as the H is O. It's, it's I don't think really you've ever great. You've never said that before. I have. it's good stuff. It is impossible that I mm-hmm. have not mentioned it before.
1: So when the words Glenn Fry are uttered, that's the first thing you think <laughs> yes. of. Yes, pretty much every time.
0: <laughs> oh, I have another Glenn Fry story if you if you want to hear it. I got it all the time in the world. So you, and I were traveling, and um, in our car, and there there like this Eagles song was on. And I, which one? Uh the one about the wheels driving you crazy? Keep take it easy. Okay. <laughs> and yeah. I I hate the Eagles to begin with from start to finish. I hate their entire catalog. Every Ugh. every moment of it. Oh, good lord. That song in particular is one of the ones I really hate. Mm. And um <laughs> we have a pause button on our radio. And so I paused it because this is live radio. And, um, I unpaused it and, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's the song still. I'm like, oh, man, it's still, this is a really long song. We do this like five times before I like <laughs> realized that our radio can actually pause live radio and that we're not like in some new concentric circle right. of hell. <laughs> there was a moment there where we're like, did we die? Or is this, is this, are we in purgatory? Cause this is awful.
1: That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, well, I am back loving the Eagles after many years of not and so I wanted to thank uh Sophie Chanel listener Clayton Janes who has invited me and uh Emily to the Eagles concert last time they came to Atlanta mm-hmm. and I got to go uh backstage there and stand on the stage of Phillips Arena and like touch Don Henley's drum kit and look at Joe Walsh's and Glenn Fry's guitars that his son now plays in his absence.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you told great. us
1: about that one. It was awesome, and I know now why you weren't there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But Clayton's a good guy. He does he does other bands. Like I think he works with Kiss a lot. So you'd probably enjoy that. Tour. I
0: would definitely go see Kiss for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. So if Clayton's listening, we want to go to the yeah, next please, show Clayton, backstage. Come on. I want to meet those guys. Um, okay, they, they scare me still. There was another guy named Josh, who's a cool
0: guy. Who I've lost touch with, but he used to invite us to the New Kids shows. Because he was like, yeah, he was like that. a production designer. He's like he he's it's it's like you're talking about with Clayton. He doesn't just work with the new kids, but he's like this in-demand production designer. But well, one yeah. of the shows that he's done for multiple years in a row is New Kids, and he kept inviting us to the New Kids show, and not not because I didn't want to go see the New Kids, but there was no I couldn't go to the New Kids every time. So, but I <laughs> turned out we turned out to be friends. So he's a cool dude. I haven't heard from him in a while. So oh, that's awesome. I guess if you're um, listening, Josh, get in touch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because we want to go. That's the first show I want to see when this whole thing the is The New over. Kids? Oh, yeah. <laughs> then Kiss. Okay. Uh, So the Fry Effect. Boy, that was a good long segue. Yep. Or not segue. A uh, Tangent? What do we call those? Tangents?
0: Uh, ir- irritations?
1: <laughs> it's the lifeblood of the show. Uh, the Fry Effect basically is when pulse microwaves directed at a target can make a clicking sound in the target's ears. Mm-hmm. And only the person can hear that sound. So they they kind of go back to those. Um, I don't know how many people, but some of the people said they did hear a clicking sound before all this stuff happened. Yeah. So they kind of were like, "All right, it's the Fry effect." So here's the problem with that. <laughs> At this point, the
0: the the National Academy of Sciences is their the the people the group they impaneled. Um, are just now just ticking off the scientific community because <laughs> they're like, oh, there's this one, there's this one quality that can happen from this one weird random thing. That's probably what it is. We'll just completely ignore everything else in favor yeah. of that one little piece of information. And so there was. It's, it's really kind of interesting if you read articles on on the Havana Syndrome. There's a lot of cattiness going on. Like you can get a scientist to call somebody else basically a clown. Um, with this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting to read. A lot of, like, uh, flame war stuff. But the problem with the fry effect, well, there's multiple problems. One, uh, they recorded the sound. There's a recording of it out that the AP leaked um, that you can hear, which would discount the fry effect because only the person being targeted by microwaves hears the clicking. That's a big problem. Uh-huh. With it. The other thing is, is that other acoustic or microwave experts say to produce that clicking in the person's ears, you would cook them to death. Like the the, the amount of energy it would take to make that fry effect happen would right. kill the person. It wouldn't just, you know, create the clicking in their ears. But that's kind of one of the things that they settled on um, as a potential explanation.
1: Well, the State Department was like, sounds good to me. Right. I buy it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the, the the NAS said, like, we're considering all these other things This is what we think is the most plausible, which is actually really the least plausible.
1: Yeah. And, you know, some of the people in the flame war were like, why did they – like, they have these medical experts, basically, and neurology experts. What you need if you're going to investigate something like this is a lot of different kinds of experts. You you need some acoustic experts. You need – they, like, apparently didn't even engage acoustic experts talking about this acoustic stuff. And – They were like, you need a multidisciplinary team in here in a lot of different fields if you're going to investigate something like this. And they just never did.
0: Yeah, and one of the interpretations I saw was that, again, they were working backward from the Rubio, FBI, State Mm -hmm. Department um, idea, theory that it was a sonic attack. That, that 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 was what the premise they were really going on and then they were trying to work backward to figure out you know what the attack was was made of rather than okay maybe maybe it was intact maybe it was also natural that kind of stuff or accidental who knows
1: yeah i mean there've been other smaller studies not uh from the us government like there was one from ben gurion university that said you know what uh, we studied some of these canadian diplomats and based on their data we think it was pesticide poisoning. Uh, but then a lot of people, and it seems like the most popular, in- including the Cuban Academy of Sciences, uh, take that for what it's worth. But a lot of them came back and said, nah, I hate to say it, but this was maybe mass hysteria and some sort of psychological uh, either illness or mass hysteria episode going
0: yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of people uh, agree with them on that, and Cuba, by the way, has a, a very, um, like a really good healthcare system and a really yeah. solid scientific community. So the Cuban Academy of Sciences is not like the Banana Republic Academy right. of Sciences or anything like that, from what I understand. I've never been to Cuba, um, but the the that seems to be the most widely subscribed to theory that it was it was what's called conversion disorder, where you basically have a psychogenic illness, somebody um, is told what the suite of symptoms is, they start developing it themselves, and then there's Mm -hmm. this tight-knit community, it starts to seem to spread. And the thing about it is called conversion disorder. You are are actually experiencing, your body is experiencing those symptoms, just like in the placebo effect, where you take a pill and it actually does make you healthy, even though it's not an active ingredient, but your body, your mind can make your body do things if it thinks something is going on. This is the kind of like the the mirror image of that, where you start to suffer because your mind tricks you into thinking that you have these symptoms. And it seems to spread because people are – it's like fear is the contagion in an in, in instance like this.
1: Yeah, and this stuff has happened before. I, I think we talked about at least one the of these – Portugal uh, one. Yeah, in 2006 in Portugal. Gosh, we were doing this in 2006?
0: No, we talked about it after for sure. No, we definitely went. That was two years before we were born.
1: (laughs) We were just embryonic at that
0: point. Yeah, a twinkle in um, Adam Curry's eye.
1: Uh, (laughs) Gross. Uh, Yeah, 2006 in Portugal, those um, students in uh, high school, I think it was high school, right? Or was it college? I
0: think it was high school.
1: Yeah, there were hundreds of students in 14 different schools all developed these weird symptoms, rashes and dizziness and breathing difficulties. Uh and then it happened again in New York in two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh twelve high school students developed um what they thought was Tourette syndrome, <laughs> or at least symptoms of Tourette. That
0: sounds like a that that does that sounds made up. If I were a principal I'd be like, You're you're all yeah, suspended. Right. <laughs> For
1: even trying this, yeah, because all they did was yell. Right, exactly. At their teachers. Yeah,
0: there was another one in Oklahoma in 2017 that actually was happening about the same time as a Savannah um, syndrome outbreak, where there was actually the kids were paralyzed. They were getting, they thought that there was some sort of crazy like mold or autoimmune disorder, something like that, and they were suffering paralysis. And that's the thing about conversion disorder is these kids were paralyzed. But it was their mind that had paralyzed them because they thought they'd been exposed to something that that was making them paralyzed. And it turns out it was just in their minds. And that's what a lot of people think Havana syndrome is, that it was just a psychogenic illness.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think we should take a break, but we'll leave you with this little cliffhanger Uh, in this NAS uh, report. They referenced data uh, from an earlier report by the CDC that was commissioned and completed. And Congress and everyone else looked around and said, what CDC report, what are you talking about? So let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about this mystery right after this.
0: That's a nice cliffhanger. All right, game off.
1: Hey, friends, if you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. Like, what are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood the best? And why can't all this information just be in one place?
0: Yeah, well, now it is, everybody, on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family.
1: It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.
2: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher.
0: Okay, Chuck, so everybody's saying, wait, wait, this is December of 2020 when the Journal of the American Medical Association published the NAS's findings finally.
1: Mere months ago.
0: Yeah. And in that, they like, they made mention of a CDC report that no one else had heard of, and like you said, including Congress. And it turns out that the State Department had initially commissioned the CDC um, shortly after this, this outbreak began. Um, and said, Can you guys figure out what's going on and so it it turns out that there was actually the n a s study was the second scientific study done on this, and the c d c didn't really come up with much more than the n a s did
1: yeah, they issued an eighteen page report titled uh-huh. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and they spent half the time trying to figure out how to spell uh-huh. yeah,
0: there was a vigorous debate over that.
1: Uh, no, it was really called uh, Cuba Unexplained Events Investigation, and like you said, they kind of came up empty too. They were hamstrung in a lot of the same ways that the uh, NAS was, mm-hmm. and they had a State Department that had dragged its feet and didn't have the protocols in place for the investigation. Um, I think one of the one of the only things that kind of came out of the CDC report that was helpful, which I guess is why the NAS used it in the first place. Mm-hmm was it did fill in a few of the details about what happened to whom.
0: Yeah, so they managed to nail down patient zero, um, who first reported um, some neurological symptoms in mid-December of 2016. And that was a CIA officer at, in Havana. Um, that CIA officer mentioned their symptoms to a second CIA officer, who, who like a couple months later developed the same <laughs> symptoms.
1: See where this is going? Yep.
0: And so after that time, so apparently patient zero, the first CIA officer who this happened to, um was really instrumental in like spreading the word about this and was I seems to have been very convinced that uh they had been attacked that there was a sonic attack going on and that the word needed to be spread about this and so as a result um the the I think the Havana um embassy held a meeting and basically said Listen out for weird sounds. And if you start to get this huge, weird collection of (laughs) symptoms, let us know, because we're probably under sonic attack. That solves that and went back to bed.
1: That's right. And uh, maybe not coincidentally, a lot of uh, incidents has happened after that happened. (laughs) And, And at the end, they said, you know, if you want to go home. Right. <laughs> here's, here's one way to fast track that. Yeah. Although Cuba, think it's supposed to be very nice, so maybe they weren't trying to get out of there. But in the end, 95 people were seen for these symptoms. Uh, in the CDC report, it said that 15 of those had a two-stage illness. Uh, first was the noise uh, that we talked about and those acute symptoms. And then second, a few weeks later, a couple of weeks later, they had that neurological damage. Mm-hmm. I think 31 of the cases were maybes. 49 were unlikely mm-hmm. and then of those 15 who had that two-stage syndrome while the report was issued there were 6 of them still getting treated so it wasn't even like their treatment was complete
0: right yeah i mean that's that's the thing like whether it's psychogenic illness or a sonic attack or you know fumigation um poisoning from you know zika uh pesticides like there there were still people that were still being treated for symptoms for over a year these are nasty symptoms. Like vertigo is nothing to nothing, nothing fun, or vomiting, or dizziness, or inability to concentrate. Um, there's a lot of terrible stuff that that people were were having to deal with. Whatever the the um, the the reason for the symptoms were, which you know makes a lot of people think like, no, this is this is a real thing, and, and these people were attacked, and we need to find out what it is. The CDC at least said, we have no idea. Like, we right. cannot figure it out. They said, like, at, in their conclusion that they couldn't possibly put forth any kind of explanation. They just mainly documented everything, which is certainly a mark in the CDC's favor and a mark against the, the NAS that the CDC resisted, you know, saying, yes, it was microwaves and it was probably the Ruskies.
1: Yeah. And that all came about, you know, after everyone, um, a lot of scientists that has rejected the findings, Cuba rejected the findings. We told you earlier that they got all up in arms and said, hey, listen, we tried to help. We take this stuff seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't a part of this. But uh, in that NAS panel, um, somebody said something about Russia. And, you know, obviously Russia is uh, in bed with Cuba mm-hmm. and they said, you know what, It's uh, maybe it was Russia. We do know that in the 70s they were trying to weaponize microwaves. Um, they, in fact, um, for like three years straight, three and a half years, pounded the American embassy in Moscow with microwaves. I don't even know if they had an end game there. I think they were just like, hey, let's see what this does. Hey, right, turn it on. And I don't think it really did anything if it went on for three and a half years. And apparently – um, of course, we'll never know because it's Russia, but supposedly they kind of gave up all that stuff decades ago. Yeah,
0: this is the 70s when they were shooting microwaves at the American embassy in Moscow. Um, and, yeah, as far as anybody knows, that that technology wasn't pursued any further. So if there is any kind of sonic weapon that is concealable, that is, that is capable of producing the suite of symptoms, um, it is news to the world, um, right, And there are people who say, like, you know, security experts, that kind of uh, group, who say, yeah, it's entirely possible that somebody's developed this without the U.S. being aware of it. Um, I saw a quote that uh, America tends to be very surprised that not that certain things exist, but that other people have caught up to America's technology. Mm. So, yeah, hubris. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's suggesting that uh, America or certain quarters of America um, – are fully aware that this is possible, which is why they're pursuing that sonic attack thing. But they can't just be like, it's this. See, everybody, we've had this for 20 years now. We just didn't know that the Cubans had it kind of thing. So the U.S. still um, seems to be, you know, with the expulsion of the Cuban, two Cuban diplomats, um, is basically saying if Cuba doesn't know, if they didn't do it, they know who did it. And they maybe even let it happen. Because apparently diplomatic residences in Cuba are owned and maintained by the Cuban government. So it's not like they just had no opportunity to to do this kind of thing. But Cuba, like you said, is extremely adamant that they had nothing to do with this and that they would never let this happen to any accredited um, diplomat in their country. And if you step outside of the United States— it's really kind of funny because the rest of the world is totally fine with Cuba. It's really just the United States that's, you know, at odds with Cuba. And Cuba's cool with everybody else. Like, apparently a million Canadians go to Cuba every year on on vacation. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like something that they're not really happy about, the idea that that if you go to Cuba, you might suffer this sonic attack Um, that could at the very least hurt their tourism industry, if not just, you know, impinging their you know, how they treat diplomats from other countries or allow them to be treated. It's it's a real insult in, in that respect.
1: Yeah, and I think also one of the uh, end results was the U.S. government and uh, was kind of exposed a little bit of dragging their feet and not being coordinated mm-hmm. and not maybe having their ducks in a row. And I think if anything like this were to happen again, uh, I think they had enough egg on their face to sort of get it together to at least sort of be coordinated from the get-go and have a multidisciplinary investigation going yeah. on. Yeah,
0: And this whole thing, like the, the big argument and push and pull among the scientific community is still very much ongoing. Um, there was a paper published that examined some brain scans of some of these diplomats that were taken at Penn State, I believe, Um and these, the authors of the study concluded that, you know, a lot of them showed evidence of trauma. And then other scientists responded and said, like, this doesn't show trauma at all. This is exactly what you would find from a random sample of the population. Um, other people, remember I said that they recorded the sound that they heard? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, a couple of biologists ran that sound through spectral analysis and showed that it exactly matches um, a specific kind of cricket that's um native to Cuba and the Caribbean, mm. so th- there's just like it's still being hammered out, like we said at the at the beginning that this is not it's not settled. no one has any idea yet exactly what it is, and it seems like the most satisfying answer would be psychogenic illness, but even still, I mean that doesn't seem to really explain everything necessarily yeah, well a pretty good mystery, still a good mystery, yep, yeah. and who doesn't love that right?
1: I know Glenn Fry hated mysteries.
0: <laughs> I don't care what Clem Fry liked or didn't like. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, if you uh, want to know more about the Havana syndrome, go check out the copious amounts of articles about it. There's a lot of stuff out there. It's really interesting and engrossing stuff. See what you think. Uh, and since I said, see what you think, it's time for listener mail.
1: When you think about that HSO story, do go, the H is boom, 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 boom? Oh.
0: Nope. You know? No. Right. Isn't that from Beverly Hills Cop?
1: I think The Heat Is On was. Yeah, that was the one where he's he, like he
0: hanging did. off of the back of the semi.
1: Yeah, yeah. He did a few of those soundtracky type things. And he was an actor on Miami Vice, which is one of your favorite shows. I'm, Why do you hate Clem Fry? I like Miami Vice. It's fine. I refuse I to watch the episodes pilot.
0: with Clem Fry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to call this just a nice email from a, a listener who has kind of grown up with us. Okay. Uh, Hey guys, I'm writing to say that I first discovered your podcast way back in 2010 when I was in the 7th grade. I had just moved away from many of my neighborhood friends and your podcast was a source source of information and comfort during that transition. Having always been a nerd, I was immediately hooked on your podcast and have listened to it on many of my travels for sports teams, college trips, and international adventures. Uh, In fact, your podcast had a major impact in keeping my curiosity alive and well throughout my life. I just accepted an offer for grad school in Georgia and wanted to write to say that although we have never met, you two have positively impacted my life for more than the past decade. So thank you for everything. I hope you're well. And that is from Abigail.
0: That is a fine listener mail. Thanks a lot, Abigail. It's very sweet. I love and, it. And best of luck in uh, grad school. That's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, go kill it. Yeah. Uh,
0: but not literally.
1: No, no, no. That's a figure of speech, meaning <laughs> go... Uh, do a great job. Do the best you can yeah. and do a great job. <laughs>
0: uh, okay. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, like Abida- Ab- Abigail, Abadale's, Abigail's new nickname. Uh, Not Frank Abignale. No. Ab- Abadale. Master forger. Formerly known as a- Abigail. Yes. Yeah. We talked about Frank Abigail in the five successful counterfeiters episode.
1: He was number one, wasn't he?
0: Uh, he was up there for sure. guy like, yeah, yeah. was good. Well, anyway, if you want to get in touch with us uh, like anybody, uh, including Abigail, Abigdale, or Abigail, uh, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at iHeartRadio.com.
2: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.